Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The energy and the, 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 the positivity towards like the NWA and towards the show and stuff was just unbelievable. Billy's and, and, and Dave's vision to me so far has been very, very, very good. As much as it's a throwback, it's really just, it's a format that works. And it's, honestly, it's the same format as every other wrestling show. It's just the environment is so different. They have been giving opportunities to people like me that haven't had an opportunity the way that we are here. It's a little bit old with the new. It's the most historic, longest running organization around. Man, I, I feel like we're setting things on fire at this point. Hey everybody, and welcome to another edition of Primetime with Sean Mooney. I hope you're all doing well. Uh, I know a lot has been going on, and it is uh, pretty amazing out there what we're seeing uh, happening across our country and around the world. And uh, first of all, I just hope you're all safe and that you're practicing self-distancing, which is uh, you know something we're not very used to, and uh, especially you know not getting out and being around other people and being able to go to restaurants. And I think it's uh, starting to hit home. I was at a Home Depot yesterday where you know everybody was wearing masks and you actually stand six feet apart from each other and uh, it kind of really hit home to me that uh, really for the first time because I've been just surrounded by this you know that I work in news and it uh, really just made me think that God how long is this going to go on? Uh, you know we can do it for a few weeks, a month maybe but uh, what if this becomes kind of our new normal? Uh, that would be awful. Uh, so I'm hoping that uh, we're seeing some trends. Maybe it's starting to flatten out. And if that's the case, uh, we'll see these cases coming down and uh, we'll see fewer and fewer deaths and we can get back to what uh, we used to know as normal life here in America. I think it's going to take a long time, a very long time for things to uh, stabilize because our economy is uh, obviously going to take a massive hit. So many hundreds of thousands, millions of people now out of work, which is um, just devastating. And so the quicker that this, uh, we get over that peak and this starts to level out and people 
um, realize and we find out more about this virus and uh, how we can control it because um, I don't think this is a one-time shot with this uh, coronavirus. I think we may be seeing it every year. Who knows? But uh, the more we find out about it and if we get a vaccine, then we will not have to experience what we're going through right now. But now it's just all about unknowns. They don't know. They don't have the answers. So uh, a long diatribe there, but I just want you to know, I was thinking about all of you. I appreciate the fact that you guys have been so loyal listening to my podcast and um, the other things that we're doing. So uh, please stay safe out there. Um, There's a lot of downtime for people. A lot of people are at home right now. And... uh, you know, maybe they're doing a lot of stuff around the house. I hope you've taken this opportunity to maybe get closer to your family, maybe get back in touch with friends that you really haven't had time to uh, talk to. Because uh, believe me, I know all about it. We're you know we're working all the time. We're trying to get things done. We're and just before you know it, it's two years and you haven't talked to somebody. Um, so reach out. You know, it doesn't take much to just get on the phone. A lot of people are doing FaceTime, so we can actually see each other. I've done, uh, I did a, um, a FaceTime meal with my kids because right now they're in different places and, uh, you know, we're trying to make sure everybody stays safe. But uh, I know other people have been doing some very creative uh, things to stay in touch. Uh, Zoom dinners, you know, where they have the Zoom conferencing that people are getting on. And uh, I think in that part of it is a positive aspect. Uh, would we like to be going through this? No, but I like the fact that people are trying to make the best of it. And so, you know, reach out, reach out to people you haven't for a while. Uh, but as I was going to say, I really appreciate you listening to the podcast and I hope you've had a chance to maybe catch up on some episodes you had never seen before. And, um, maybe got an appreciation of some of these former wrestlers, uh, many of them. And, uh, you know, uh, the lives they experienced and what they went through and, and um, you know, the ups and the downs, and we'll just keep it coming. Uh, coming off an episode with Dutch Mantel, who is an absolute legend in the world of professional wrestling. But, uh, you know, you think you know about these guys until you actually listen to an episode, and there's a lot of things I had no idea about Dutch. Uh, not only the fact was he's such a great accomplished wrestler and involved in so many you know, storylines along the way and wrestled the greats many, many times, Ric Flair and all these people. But also he was very influential behind the scenes and um, as a, a promoter and a, and a booker. And, um, you know, a lot of people have uh, relied on him and, and changed their organizations. And he still, you know, still has his input out there. But uh, just a phenomenal guest and I really, really enjoyed uh, catching up to Dutch guy's got two books out now and he's working on a third and uh, we just had a little conversation yesterday on Twitter and uh, I said, you know, uh, love to have you back when that uh, third book drops. We'll bring him back on and uh, I'm sure he's going to have a bunch of other stories and more stuff that he hasn't revealed. I called him an onion. I said, you know, you're like an onion, you know, just endless layers. You just keep peeling and you keep finding out more stuff about him. So, uh, Anyway, uh, I just wanted to uh, thank Dutch once again. Really enjoyed having him on. And we've got uh, another great episode coming up. Uh, Meantime, I'd love to hear from you. You know, you can email me uh, during this period of time. If you have, you know that I answer you. It may take me a few days, even a week. I mean, I am uh, as busy as I have ever been because I work for a news station. I host a morning show. And as you can imagine... We are doing an awful lot of coverage of this and uh, trying to alert our local community about what's going on. So every morning I'm out field anchoring at different places 
um, to tell people what's going on. So um, I haven't been, you know, in lockdown. I mean, I'm out there every day. And so um, if I haven't answered right away, it's just been uh, been real crazy in my life. Uh, but uh, please, no, I never forget uh, how loyal you guys are and how much I appreciate you guys listening. So as I mentioned, you know, I'd love to hear from you. You can Gmail uh, me at primetimemooney at gmail.com. That's primetimemooney at gmail.com. Uh, keep following us on Twitter. Uh, haven't had a ton of posts up there lately. Like I said, it's been been nuts, but uh, love to have you post on there. And it's been really fun seeing some of the things that you guys put up there when you, you find clips. Uh, I saw that I was a part of a meme. Uh, you know, people before and after the quarantine, it was Mr. Perfect and uh, Ric Flair. And then uh, after match, I guess it was, and Flair's got, you know, juice and Perfect looks like he's just been through... Uh, a battle and uh so i love keep that stuff coming i love whatever you find it you know i find a great uh great humor in it i don't i'm never ever offended by that stuff because it's just uh, usually it's very funny but uh, i really appreciate it so follow us on twitter at primetime mooney and also instagram same uh, at primetime mooney so um you know We'll keep putting it out there. We've got uh, more episodes, original episodes coming out every Wednesday. Mondays, we're doing uh, the Saturday Night Main Event this past week, you know, because we do the Network Classics. We've got another Saturday Night's Main Event, which is a really good one if you haven't uh, caught that one. But um, And then, of course, on Saturday, we re-release, uh, you know, um, a library episode. And, you know, you can go into the library and find these, but we like to put them out there because then it, you know, alerts people to seeing it there. We promote it. And then they say, oh, God, I, I didn't listen to that episode with Sid Justice, you know. So uh, we keep putting that out every week. And uh, you can get it all um, early and ad-free. We still have our Patreon uh, membership. We've reduced it dramatically because I just haven't been able to uh, keep up doing the uh, stuff for the upper tiers. And I didn't want to have people keep paying for that when I wasn't delivering. So uh, now we've reduced it. It's just four ninety nine, and you get uh, all the episodes, everything we put out there early and ad-free. And then uh, the YouTube channel, as uh, many of you may be watching uh, this, unless you're on Patreon because you get this early, but also uh, we put it up on, on YouTube, and there's a ton of stuff when we get video. When I can do an interview with one of our guests on Skype video, uh, that's, what we, that's what we do. So... Anyway, let's get to this week's episode, and it features Aaron Stevens, who I've gotten to know a little bit, uh, being involved with the NWA, and he's another guy that, um, you know, uh, just has done so many things in the world of professional wrestling, and, uh, you know, was involved with the WWE very young. He was, uh, you know, picked up by them. They saw the talent in him, but you know how things go. It's, uh, you know, he did, he had a great run with them. Uh, if you remember Ms. Dow, he did the stuff with Ms. And just really, really, really talented guy. And he's continued to work uh, in the independent ranks uh, for uh, a number of years, but has also channeled uh, a lot of that talent into acting. And he's been doing a lot. It's really uh, interesting to see how much um, Aaron Stevens has been doing. He, we were supposed to do this interview a couple of weeks ago, and he texted me and said, Hey, Sean, uh, I know we're supposed to do the interview tomorrow, whatever it was. And he goes, but I have got offered this part with this NBC show. And uh, turns out he, he, he got the part and did the, the show. Um, and they, I guess, liked it so much that he did uh, another episode. So... It's great to see. Uh, you may not know it, but he appeared on, you know, Magnum PI, you know, the new version. 
and uh, he's had a lot of success with that. And he's out in L.A. And uh, now he said, you know, he's got the best of both worlds because he's doing uh, what he loves. He loves professional wrestling. He loves wrestling. And also he loves acting. So we're going to see what happens with him in the future. But in the meantime, take a listen to this great conversation I just had with Aaron Stevens. Ding, ding, ding. Well, folks, uh, this is uh, an interview I really have looked forward to. Uh, joining me now is a professional wrestler who grabbed the attention of the WWE pretty much from the start of his career, which uh, doesn't happen very often, has had uh, a great run with that company, and uh, also a number of others. Uh, but he is, uh, was a, an incredibly popular superstar. He's remained a, a very, very popular professional wrestler ever since. Uh, you may remember him as Damian Sandow. Uh, but he's now part of the new NWA, and uh, that massive movement continues, although it's been uh, interrupted, and we're going to get on with that. But, uh, you know, first of all, though, I have to mention, uh, uh, well, I should tell you who it is. It's Aaron Stevens, who's right there. Aaron, how are you? I am excellent. How are you, Sean? <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. I just, I have to tell, I have to start with this, because it was just so funny that, uh, folks, I got this message from Aaron this morning, and it said, uh, we're all scheduled for an interview, and he says, uh, Sean, would uh, 2.30 Eastern time work? There was an accident with one of the pigs. I have to fix the pen. <laughs> I like, I'm never, I'm never getting rid of this. But Thank tell you. me, what is, tell me what is, what happened? Yeah, so, um, I don't know if I've ever told the story publicly, but, you know, most people, especially like where I'm living now and everything, they think, oh, you move out west and it's all like the glitz and glamour and then, um, you know, Malibu on top of that. Right. Which is, um, not exactly. No, no, you know, um, doesn't sound like very it. Very <laughs> nice, it's beautiful. Um, you know, love the West Coast, but I'm, I'm more of a Midwestern, Southern guy. But yeah. again, for work, I'm out here. Life is very, very funny, twists and turns. So I ended up um, in Malibu with chickens and pigs and all kinds of stuff. Uh, pigs are not my favorite animal. I was attacked by one as a child, and for Good years time. I've done my best to avoid them. But um, since being out here, I, I've kind of had to open up to some pigs. One in particular um, named Gilbert, who is uh, a Vietnamese potbelly pig, I believe. And he, um, you know, has problems with one of his hoofs and he was overfed and everything. So um, the lady that is in charge of my acting career is a big time animal rescue. So there's all kinds of animals, but uh, the pig was rescued by her and Gilbert is kept in a pen, right? There, there's a fenced-in area like you would see, like a horse fence, right, or cattle or things like yeah, that, right? Yeah. There's a giant fenced-in area. Then there is um, one caged-in area, like a dog kennel, but it's a very big one. And then in the dog kennel, there's a little house that Gilbert goes in, right? Yeah. And he's, he limps along and everything, and but very, very good animal. Three other pigs were in need of rescue, and... Um, I tell you what, Sean, I call these the hell hogs because <laughs> they are the worst. I, I mean, anything they can do to destroy something yeah. or like inflict trauma on another pig, they do like the three of them, they gang up on Gilbert. Really? It was terrible. So like we have to keep them in separate pens and they were, um, they were defecating in Gilbert's cage. Like they would go over to his cage and then like aim and, and just... Yeah, it was terrible. 
and it was really, really becoming um, an issue. So I, I was asked to go and help um, put another barrier around Gilbert's cage so the pigs can't, the, the, the three hell hogs can't get at Gilbert. So that was are, a. Are, are these all pot belly pigs? All of yeah, them? I, I, Gilbert is a Vietnamese pot belly. I don't know what the, the three others are, but they're, they're, they're just, terrible. They're just nasty, a nasty yes, gang. I mean, the, you, you bring them <laughs> with, with the first day, um, I believe it was Bill. Went and just bit right in the ear. We had okay. to have a pet come to the house. It was awful. I was yeah, just yeah. awful. Well, God, I, I yeah, hope so Gilbert's okay. Is, like. Yeah, is Gilbert okay? Is he? Uh... No, he's he's fine now. I mean, I think he appreciates <laughs> the thing. And, and the good thing is, he gets to roam around the yard now. Whereas the three pigs, they only get the the freedom of the pen. They're locked out. So that's, yep. But you know what? That's a hazard for the job. And, and Gilbert's yeah. actually really cool. He doesn't go. He doesn't root in the grass or anything. He just kind of stays in his area. And, uh, and that's it. So, yeah. Boy, boy, a nasty yeah. at, uh, triple tag team threat, it sounds like, with the terrible. They're like the the nasty first. pigs next door. <laughs> uh, you and, and we should mention you're out in Los Angeles now, uh, 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 you know, continuing your acting career. And, folks, we were scheduled to talk a couple of weeks ago, and you had a, a, a part that came a, a, along out there in Hollywood. Yeah. I don't know. Can you tell us about it, or is that still Yeah, uh, that was like a last-minute thing. Um, that was on NBC show. Uh, I don't know if I can say what it is right now um, okay. because, it was, again, everything was so last minute. Um, but it, I will definitely keep you guys updated um, on that. That was actually really, really cool. And that was like right before everything kind of um, shut down. But, um, yeah, so that that was really, really it, – it's so strange, right, how out here it, – it's so akin to the wrestling business where if, you know, plans fall through and, then you know, you've seen this a thousand times – um, someone doesn't make the building, well, then he's yeah. going to take his spot. And it, it really was kind of like that. Really? So, yeah. Um, yeah, it's pro wrestling is such a great, um, background preparation tool. Yeah. yeah for, yeah. for acting because, you know, with wrestling, you have everything plus live audience. So you just got to be ready for anything and be ready in a moment's notice. So it, it kind of has been awesome how the two have paralleled and it's, it's actually been, you know, once I've kind of gotten the groove of things out here, which took a minute, um, a pretty pretty easy and fun transition. So yeah, well, and and you mentioned that about uh, the talent that uh, comes along with that with professional wrestling, and I think a lot of times I uh, when uh, wrestlers do get the opportunity to act, they I think they surprise a lot of people because yeah. first of all, they don't realize that you know you're memorizing and we can call it like monologues in a sense yeah. where you're going two three minutes even longer mm-hmm. in front of a live audience. Where if something goes wrong, you adapt immediately, and uh, I mean I think the training for it is, is tremendous, uh, and and also I mean I hope this was a meaty role and and we get to see it soon, but that that's fantastic. And it turned into be more than one. I think at first it was like a little bit, and then you said it. Yeah, was, then it, it turned out to be a little more. more. And so yeah, that was that was cool. But I, and I find that's the case a lot of the times. Like um, you know, on one of the um the other shows, there was also for NBC it was Midnight Texas where. Mm-hmm. You know, I was playing a demon, and then that was going to turn into something else, and, and that was going to be like, you know, th- that would have been the equivalent to the big break, but of course the yeah. show got uh, canceled. So, it was, uh, but you know, hey, all's well that ends well. You move on, and uh, you know, you just got to adapt. So I, yeah. I've had some other opportunities, like with Magnum. Um, you know, that was definitely a, a good thing back uh, yeah. at the end of 2019, and that was like the first like guest star spot I did, yeah. which was awesome. And uh, and in Hawaii, not the worst place. So yeah, it's been it's been good. Yeah, and, and all the way around, and uh, this kind of, I mean, transitioning what we're experiencing right now, and I'm sure it's affecting Hollywood and, and actors out there that, 
uh, a lot of, of, of our independent wrestlers, and that's what most of them are. They're, they're independent contractors. And right now, with what we're experiencing with the coronavirus and the lockdowns and, you know, people supposed to stay in their homes and they're just uh, afraid to have crowds together, it has decimated the independent wrestling business, all the, you know, all the business, but at least some of those guys say with WWE and AEW, they have contractors, but there are thousands of wrestlers out there that work across the country right now who, they're out of work and they and they depend on this. Yeah, yeah. So how's it affecting how's it affecting you? And then also, uh, you know, a lot of the other guys out there that you've mm-hmm. spoken to, how are they doing? Um, everyone I've spoken to, you know, it, it's very much of we're all in this together. Um, where everyone is kind of, you know, it, it's on the same boat, right? And, and yeah. I think before with um, tragedies that we've seen um, and like, you know, earth shaking events. Um, it's been more a regional thing, you know, where globally, I mean, and this is just my view where this is all across the board Yeah. and, you know, everyone's worried this and that. And and I do think that, um, you know, steps are being taken and obviously this is being taken into consideration, um, you know, by the government. I'm not, this is not a political statement one way or another, you know, um, we can all play armchair, um, executive, right? Like we can all. So I, I would have done this, this, and this, or, um, but the fact, look, something's being done, you know, we'll see if it works or not. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, but we, we are all in this together is what I'm saying, right? Like this is something that is across the board. Like I'm very lucky. Like I've, um, made some good financial decisions and, um, but you know, the, the people that live from paycheck to paycheck and, and, and there's know, a lot they, of them. Yeah. yeah. Like I'm a single guy, have no kids or anything like that. Um, that to me, like to, to think of the people with families and stuff like that, you know, I've been, you know, including them in my prayers and, um, and you know what, I think if if everyone's pitching in, I mean, and we've seen a lot of good too, right. Which, which my thing is, um, and I, I tend in these situations, uh, I tend to be an optimist, which is, I don't know if it's the best thing, but, um, you know, I, I guess for my, um, my own sanity it is, but like, yeah, it, 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 it stinks what we're going through right now. Right. Yeah. But on a positive, you know, environmentally, look at what the earth. I, mean, I know. Wow. Like, they, know. like they say how even scientists are surprised at how fast, like the earth is just, just healing. Yeah. Um, there are people like, I think it was, don't quote me on this. Uh, well, I quote me on this. I'm saying it myself, but like, I think it was the Texas roadhouse CEO, like was donating like all of his, earnings and bonuses to the workers or something like that. It, yeah, it no, there's a lot of them that have done that have stepped up. Yeah. I mean, how, how amazing is that? And like yeah. everyone says, Oh, it's corporate greed and this and that. And then no, these are individuals that are really, you know, they're doing everything they can. Like they're giving it of themselves. And I think like, why don't we report more on that? Yeah. You know, no and, and yeah, there's a lot of cases and this is something that needs to be dealt with. But the fact that we're testing more now for it, like there's more reported cases because there's more testing and that's mm-hmm. a good thing. And like, yeah. well, you know, we can gather the data and then we act accordingly. And it's just, you know, everyone do a little things, just stand at home. And, um, you know, we're all making small sacrifices. And I think in the end, and, and here's my, um, my big statement on the, uh, the state of the world. I think and I hope that people will come out of this with a, you know, and, and this goes from, you know, politicians to, you know, I mean, everyone. Yeah. With a little more, um, a little more compassion, 
with a little more sense of community because we were actually becoming very socially isolated. Okay, it was weird. No you know, like the whole yeah. world was on the phone um, and online and all, you know, there now people are forced to, to say hi to each other. You know, now, um, you know, if I go and I go for a walk or something and I see someone, you know, that people are more apt to say hi and smile. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and this is California, which isn't the friendliest state in the world. Right. Um, right. So it's, it can be, uh, I, I think, a positive thing. You know, we just, again, stay together uh, and, and focus on the good, you know, and also focus on eliminating the bad. You know, yeah. Yeah, stay at home, wash your hands. You just take the precautions. And um, one of the things that was, was crazy to me was when I went to the, uh, the store, um, when all this was going on, you know, people are worried about toilet paper, <laughs> right? Hoarding toilet paper. Yeah. The shelves are stocked full of vitamin C, zinc. Yeah. Things to keep your immune system up. I'm going, wait a minute. We have a fruits and vegetables, like the fresh stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Something's wrong. But you know what? Again, hopefully we all learn. And, um, and and honestly, the way the world was headed, like where people were just at odds with each other. Now, this can kind of be very, very healing in terms of both the planet and and people and humanity, you know, where we become a little bit more compassionate, maybe globally. Do we all say, hey, wow, we need to really take better care of the earth. Yeah. And no. what if we just did smaller things? What what if we went to a and I don't want to say a four day work week, but if it was, hey, for four days you come in the office, we've learned how to work from home. One day you work from home. That just saves down on, you know, the commute, a mission, yeah. things like that. Little things. What if we did that? Who knows? Um, maybe this will also be a huge, huge push for cleaner energy. Um, because look, the way society was uh and was headed, it was I mean, and everyone pretty much agreed on it. It was like we all kind of agreed it, but nobody was doing anything about it. And I think this could maybe really kind of just coax us to to be that change. We all change a little bit, and we all just are a little bit nicer. We all are a little bit more environmentally conscious. Um, we all realize we don't need as much as we have, right? I, I think, you know, if you're planning out your food for two weeks, that's not something that Americans did. Yeah. Right. So like we eat a lot and, and that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. Trust me. I no one yeah. loves buffets more than me, but, um, <laughs> you know, just a little more conscious across the board. And, and I, I think if we all kind of keep that focus on healing while we're eradicating the problem, um, we'll come out of this, uh, stronger and, and, and better for it. Yeah. No, and I, and you're exactly right. And I think what's hard, uh, the most hard for people is that if we knew that, okay, it's going to last two months or yeah. another six weeks, then you can say, okay, this is what I'm going to need. But yeah. people have, we have no idea at this point. Yeah. And until we get those answers and say, okay, now we've, we're on the other end of this. We're seeing the models of what's happened in the yeah. other countries. And once they get to this point, then we're, we're good. Yeah. Then we can start, you know, going back to our, our lives. But at the same time, I mean, I, like you pointed out, I hope to God we learn from this because, like you said, even in where I am and I'm sure where you are, especially God in California, when you see uh, not so many cars on the road, I mean, yeah. in a big way, and it's kind of freaky to go, you know, where is everybody? But at the yeah. same time, you're thinking, wow, this is great because not only uh, what is it doing for the environment, but if you've got half the cars on the road, you're going to have half the car accidents. Yeah. Are not, fewer people are going to be killed. On the yeah. roads, uh, there, I mean, it just goes on and on. Yeah. And I hope we learn something from this from, uh, you know, like you said, maybe a four day work week, but why not have somebody come in two days a week? Because I think we're finding you can accomplish a lot. I know they did a study about, you know, all these offices are doing teleconference meetings in the morning. 
which they do. I work at a news station in the morning. I do a morning show, and they do a meeting twice a day. And now they're everybody's doing it through teleconference. They've sent all the reporters are working out of their homes. They go out to the story and whatever. But they found across the board that these meetings are lasting like half as long as they did. Wow. Because you, you're on the phone. You get your point across. You're not socializing. And yeah. I think we're going to find you can be a lot more efficient. Yeah. And, yes. and, then, and then my other point of it, and we'll move on and actually talk about uh, <laughs> other things in the world, but getting con- connected to your family. I mean, what do we, why do we do all this? It's, it's not whether, you know, if you're married or you have kids, or, but everybody's connected to their own community. Mm-hmm. And yet we take it for granted that, yeah. that, you know, when's the last time you talked to one of your, be- a guy that was one of your best friends that for years and mm-hmm. two years slip by, you haven't talked to him. Why? It's not that you not, care for him or care for that person anymore or but we get caught up in a world and get that grind going and and next thing you know it's three years later or when do we when do we actually get in touch with them when something really bad happens they lose somebody close to them uh, you know and Mm -hmm. so i hope that we come out of this with that in mind of going you know what what the hell really is important is anybody really going to care you know that uh, you were involved in this great pay-per-view that you know whatever had the greatest numbers ever, or you were the ta- you know tag team champion, or I was got to broadcast during this crisis. No, I mean yeah. I, you you know you're contributing, you're entertaining, but what's really going to matter? Yeah, the time you got to spend with your family, your friends, you know that, uh, you know, that if you don't have that, you got nothing. So I hope that yeah. we do come out of that with that in mind. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's so funny because when, when we had first spoken, um, that, I was back home for like three months um, back right. with the uh, with the family and everything. And, and it was weird. It was like I was using a chainsaw and an axe and just doing all kinds of stuff with my uncles and, um, you know, hanging out with my parents and, um, and like, you know, re- really spending time with people like my cousin, everyone like that. And yeah. um, I was so glad because it was years, like even – you know, since leaving WWE, it was like, you know, I left WWE and then came out here and, and I would go home and everything, but it wasn't, I never really got to just relax and, right. and say, you know what, I'm just going to be here, be now and, and really just appreciate and then reconnect. Re, I mean, really reconnect with my family. And I did that. And you know what, it was like the best decision I made because I cannot remember the last time I just was home and relaxed and not worried about something. And uh, where do I have to be next or what am I doing? Or um, it was just nice. And that, that to me was, um, was really, really cool. And, yeah. um, and now I think, you know, if, if the world is kind of, um, looking at that now and, and, and kind of maybe going through the same thing, it, it, it's, it's great because like the sense of peace you have after, and it, it does change you as a person, you know, it's yeah. like your perspective on everything. So. And, yeah. And there's know, no other business. I mean, there, there are other businesses, but there's no business really, uh, at that level where, because you've got to strike when you can, if you're, if you're riding away, you got to keep going because <laughs> you said you, you, you're not, you don't know when it's going to end. You could get hurt one night uh, somewhere and then uh, laid you up even for a year or even longer. And then that's over. So, you know, guys will keep working. They keep sacrificing. And I remember back in the day when uh, the WWF was doing all those live events every night and these guys would be on the road, you know, for weeks and weeks at a time. And they lost and they lost entire families. Even if they were still together, they lost any kind of connection to them. And you see, you know, Great example, Davy Boy Smith, who died at 39, and mm-hmm. and uh, you know Harry, his son, and and Georgia with his children, who never really got to know him, except this guy would show up and be home for a few days, and that's yeah. like a hole that never heals. And, and yeah. uh, you know, uh, the the point of it all is that folks really, 
take the time and 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 have it stay with you what's really important i hope we come out of that hello it is ryan and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day couldn't we just to make up for things like sitting in traffic doing the dishes counting your steps you know all the mundane stuff that is why i'm such a big fan of chumba casino chumba casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime anywhere with daily bonuses that should brighten your day a little Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Uh, you, you mentioned being home, and, and uh, we'll, kind of, we'll start there because a lot of people have always wondered, you know, where you started and uh, from uh, Massachusetts uh, up in Worcester, right? Mm-hmm. Well, uh, North Oxford, which is about 10 miles south of Worcester. Worcester, where, yeah. Got to yeah, say it right. Yeah, Worcester. We're saying it like that. It's weird. Like I've, I've lost my Massachusetts accent since. Yeah, but it, when you hung home, when you were at home, did it did it kick back in? Being around everybody? I, no, because they, they were like. Why do you talk funny? Like, you know what I mean? It's weird. Like, no, you guys are the ones that. So, yeah, yeah it, it never did. It was weird. Like, when I moved to Louisville, I. Can't get um, there from here. Really, yeah, yeah, young when I moved there. Um, yeah. It just kind of went away. Yeah. Yeah. Well, be in different places. Uh, but anyway, that's uh, what. Give us a little background. I mean, what it was like where you grew up and then how you're an athlete. And I, you must have been interested in acting back then, too, because it's kind of all part of this. How did it how did it all come together? Um, so I was a kid and, um, I was in the, the department store with my mom mm-hmm. and you remember those old school arcade games, the big giant ones. Oh yeah. Like, um, and in the department store, and I remember this vividly, I was about five. Um, and there was a, like two or three arcade games. And the thing is, if I was to behave myself in the store, I could go play one of the games. So she gives me a quarter. I put it in and it just happened to be a wrestling game. And I was so young, I didn't really know how to play or anything. I was just pressing buttons. And, Big buttons, yeah. And the thing, it beat me and it taunted me. And I said, you know what? I'm going to be a wrestler. Like, screw that guy. <laughs> I'm getting even with like this weird. machine. Yeah, it was a, a red mask with a white star on it. And like, he was uh, like, ha, ha, ha. He was like laughing at me and stuff. I, to this day, if I ever saw the game, I'd probably smash it with a sledgehammer yeah, like, yeah. and say, ha, ha, I won. But um, no, that that was like right then and there. I just kind of knew. I'm like, all right looks like I'm going to be a pro wrestler. And um, it never really went away. Like I, I did martial arts when I was a kid for years, um, which stopped at about 17 because pro wrestling was more. Cause I, I started training with Kowalski at 16. Yeah. I finagled my way in there with my buddies. Folks, um, he's going, he's brushing over that as in killer Kowalski. He, he, he trained with, so pick it yeah, up from I mean, there. How did that, yeah. How did that happen? Um, so my buddy and I went to an independent wrestling show 
and there was um, we knew Kowalski had a school, right? We knew that yeah. was the one, but we were we were like 16. Tony Atlas was there. I asked Tony Atlas how to be a pro wrestler. He said, I'm going to introduce you to the Boston bad boy, Tony Rumble. Met Tony Rumble. He's like, hang out after the show. I'm going to introduce you to Walter. And Kowalski wasn't even advertised. We were like, whoa, really, what? So, all right, I guess we're going to hang out. Walter came out and did a big presentation at the show. We hang out afterwards. He takes us behind this little aisle, and uh, it was like a, it was a Southbridge High School um, gymnasium. Mm-hmm. I'll never forget, it was like kind of snowing. There was one neon orange light. You just saw the silhouette of Killer. And we talked to him. He gave us his number. Uh, a couple months later, went up to the school to check it out. Uh, my buddy, who was like also interested in like more music and stuff like that, kind of said, ah, no, I think I'm going to do this. I ended up going and staying. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was 16. So like my parents had to sign a permission slip and everything. And, um, you know, uh, dad was excited. Uh, mom was tentative but um you know the thing is oh you keep your grades up and you can do it so i did and um yeah i would go there once a week uh, on sundays and just start start learning just start learning and uh and that was it and i like got got, it was weird too because in high school i was a bigger kid and uh and i went to a catholic high school holy name which uh sadly holy name uh is merging with saint peter's and uh, if anyone out there from the diocese of worcester is listening to this holy name won that war because of mr reynolds and it is a shame that they are not keeping because they're using Holy Names campus. Mr. Reynolds, when the uh, when the diocese took a hit and all the Catholic schools were in trouble, Mr. Reynolds kept Holy Name afloat, self-sufficient. He put a windmill up there. It's awesome. And it should be Holy Name High School and Mr. Reynolds should be the headmaster. That's all I'm saying. That, that's my little soapbox for the day. But uh, I, I owe that to Mr. Reynolds. And um, and I'm just I'm publicly stating that. <laughs> Mr. Reynolds made Holy Name what it is, and um, he's invaluable to the diocese. So, yeah. sorry, I digress. That's okay. Um, I mean, I love hearing. I love who influenced your life. I mean, that's obviously yeah. that Mr. Reynolds did. No, Mr. Reynolds didn't. No, and, and the thing was, he was my English teacher. So, uh, a funny mm. thing about Mr. Reynolds, right? He, it was his first year at Holy Name when it was my class's first year. So, he was uh-huh. our class advisor, and I had him every single year you know, for English study hall, whatever. And it was, um, and I actually, a minimum served one detention with him every semester, my entire high school career, which I got to know him pretty well. And to this yeah, day, we're friends. Like I, um, and, but, but he, he was all like, he, he was very supportive actually of, uh, my, cause I, I played basketball. I played football in high school, but like, it was just like, oh, okay, I'm going to do this just to whatever. And I, I really want to wrestle and I'm going to wrestle. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Reynolds was always very supportive of that. And um, when I took on the persona, the intellectual savior of the masses, uh, I don't think anyone was was more proud of that persona than him. Because yeah. he, uh, he shaped the uh, the Damien Sandow character. So a lot of the five dollar words, they were from Mr. Reynolds. Yeah. Well, when when did because uh, I was going to ask this later on when you got to the WWE. But when did that, uh, you know, superior condescending uh persona kind of come to you to say hey you know what this is this works for me that uh you know i I, and that heel kind of because that's something that would you know weave in and out of your career that but that's kind of the over you know the the big point of 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 your characters that you always kind of the superior and looking down on people and you just don't get it Mm -hmm. (laughs) so was that i mean it sounds like it was starting to be shaped then yeah, so I went from, again, being a little bit more physically uh, advanced than most. I was a little bigger and, and 
could kind of um, had better control of my body than a lot of people. Yeah. Um, to like, okay, now, but but I'm still 16 years old. Now I'm in with grown men. And, right. you know, yeah. the difference between a 16-year-old and even a 21-year-old is astronomical. Vast. Like, like yes. 25, 26, like, yeah. that's, um, that, that was a, a hard way to go, but, but it, it was a great learning experience. It, it, it you know, definitely, um, made me mentally, um, you know, a, any challenge that I know what the challenge is and, and this is the task at hand, go do it, go do it, get through it no matter what, get through it no matter what, which kind of helped shape me later on in life and, and later on in my career in different things. But, um, the, um, the, the whole point, right, was to learn the moves, right? I wanted to learn how to lock up and hip toss and do all this crazy stuff. Um, but I was always drawn to the wrestling business because of the theatrical elements, you know, like when, when you get to make a ring entrance and your music and the people. Yeah. And, then, um, I would actually kind of play the part of a heel in high school just to do it. And a lot of people, like they thought I was just being, um, a bit of an ass, which I guess I was, <laughs> but it was just to get that reaction from people. Um, yeah. and, and it was to like, it was very much like the intellectual savior to some degree. I mean, not that I was a, like, I was always, you know, uh, try, I tried to get along with everybody. Um, and, uh, and uh, like I made, you know, we all made a mistake in high school. We like, um, we were figuring out the world and, yeah. and it, actually Holy Name was such a wonderful high school because of like the, the people there, like they really took a great approach to like, you know, if you were in trouble for something, you know, yes, you got detentions and demerits and all that stuff, but you also, you learned why. Yeah, there's a lesson um, behind it. Yeah. yeah. And and that that I think separates Holy Name from other high schools, which is why Holy Name should remain, but that's sorry. Um but no, it, it was great. So like I, I wasn't I, I would do it just enough to get a reaction out of people, I guess, right? It was just enough like pompousness to be like, Why why are you doing that? Because they knew that really wasn't me, but the fact right. that I was doing it anyway, um like I remember running for class president just so I could cut a promo in front of everybody because I didn't want to <laughs> I win believe the that. I didn't yeah. want to. I, I didn't want to be class president. Like uh, Evan was doing a wonderful job. I just no. All right, I'm going to practice my promo skills. And I, I had the yeah. microphone. I had an audience. Do it. That's it. Went for nailed yeah. it. So right. It was very much a. Um, I guess it was the precursor to the intellectual savior. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, and then you, you stayed the course. Uh, when did it get serious though? What did, uh, I don't know if the Kowalski connection uh, really helped you, but you got noticed pretty, pretty much right away once you, uh, got into the professional ranks. Yeah. Um, I was very, very lucky. I did about five years there. So I did that, um, while I was in college. And then yeah. while I was in college, uh, I think it was my, the end of my junior year, um, there was a camp with Dr. Tom Pritchard and, uh, Doc, he noticed me and like called me right after that. And, um, you know, he was kind of the talent scout and kind of running the developmental system at the time. Um, he just pretty much was like, yeah, uh, here's what we want to do. And I want to start bringing you around to more TV tapings, get people used to you. So for my senior year of college, um, wow. I did, uh, pretty much raw and SmackDown whenever they were in the area. I mean, if, if it was in like three hours, cause I was going, I remember going to New York and everything like that, which extras huh. didn't do. But doctors right. was like, just go on there, go on there. And like, I remember like unsigned talent. I would get my own entrance on like Sunday night heat. They'd like play music. It, it, it was really kind of cool. Wow. And then, Who's um, this guy? Yeah. And then, uh, graduated, um, and finished up at four years and then went to, uh, um, Louisville. I like, got the call and that was it. What, what was your major? I, I, 
Urban uh, studies, which is a combination of urban. Uh, <laughs> of all the things you're getting into, I would have thought theater or something. Yeah. Like urban no, studies. It, uh, although I did take a couple theater classes, but did you? Uh, the professor was a little whacked. Um, huh. And I just said, you know what? I don't like, I want to learn about the theater. I don't really want to be doing some kind of interpretive dance thing, right, which, yeah. which actually helped me out later on in life because I did an interpretive dance. Uh, and the WWE and that flesh-colored leotard with the, right. the string and the ribbon. So it, it's all it's weird, right? Like all my my very eclectic life. Yeah, um, it's funny how it all fits together, right? Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and, and it is funny because even like within the wrestling business, like I'm I'm actually it's weird. People joke about me a lot. Like they say, like they've known me for years, but they don't know anything about me. And I I do have a a smaller circle of people that I'm really close with than normal. Um, but the people I'm really tight with, like they they know me and like they know yeah. the um the eclectic life that I've led it. It's been very, very strange at some points. I mean, again, like yes, Malibu, California, and I'm dealing with pigs. Like that's just kind of how my life has gone. And, right. uh, and it's, right. you know, even out in, um, and, and nasty pigs at that, <laughs> heel pigs, the hell hogs. <laughs> right. yep. Well, it, and that's, uh, that is like a theme through your life though. That kind of your, you, you're like, you live this reactionary life. I, I think is maybe one way to put it because you see when you're out there doing promos, I know you go out there with an idea, but I can see you're, you're clicking. The brain's clicking. You just, you seize on things that you see that come your way and then they become uh, a part of it, a, a part of what you're doing, you know, that, uh, that, that we have seen with the NWA recently, uh, with everything with the, you know, the, uh, Mongrovian, uh, well, martial arts and the, yeah. the, the extended belt that you've got. <laughs> that's got it, it's the, the world's longest third degree black belt. And I mean, I, yeah, think yeah. I, I was hoping to have a Guinness, uh, the, uh, representative from the, the Guinness Book of World Records there, um, at the pay-per-view we were going to have in April because, yeah. uh, it was going to be, you know, officially the largest third degree black belt, um, in the world. But hey, yeah. you know what? There, there's still time. There's still, yeah, absolutely. Who knows, yeah. Yeah, but we get ahead here because uh, I do want to talk about that period with the WWE because it 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 was a a huge development uh, of your your not just a great part of your career but how you developed and the opportunities you got there and you made the most of them Uh, and and going in and and I think that it's a lesson to all who go to get an opportunity like that is you may get that foot in the door but boy you got to do something once you get through and I think. Mm A lot get there and say, okay, what are you going to do with me? You obviously were not like that. You were, as I just said, you look for things and you grab them in that opportunity. So we saw that, you know, with with the Sandow character and then also becoming uh, with with The Miz, that whole. And and was that what it was really? Once you got in there, was that your mindset? You weren't going to wait for uh them to come with you with stuff, say, this is what we've got for you? Or what was your what was your mindset when you did get that chance? Yeah, and, and I think, um, you know, there's two sides to every coin. The answer lies somewhere in the middle. Yeah. Um, where they provided me, like anyone I've ever worked for, um, they provided me a stage, right? Yeah. And at the end of the day, if you really think about this, you know, and, and, and I am not a fan of overproducing. Um, yeah. But then when you have people, and again, nowadays, and this isn't a knock on anybody, but when you have people at a certain level of experience that have only been doing this maybe five years, right? Yeah. Now, they, they are extremely talented people uh, in every company, right? 
But when you've only been doing this five years, you do not grasp everything about this. Like back in the day, right, in WWF, when when you were there, Sean, you know, people wrestled 10, 15 years before getting a shot there. So when when you came to the, you know, New York, you were seasoned. You knew what to do. Like they'd give you character and stuff, but like you knew what was going on. Right. You know, like in, in terms of how to execute, all right, this is what the gimmick is and whatever. There's a lot of people that just don't have that. So I think you do need uh, writers, but there are also some people who, you know, like, look, I can recite things verbatim. Yeah. All right. I can give you a sheet of paper. Yeah, you'll yeah. get it. But if the whole point of the promo is for me to get people to buy the pay-per-view, right? to further an angle with me and whoever, um, whatever it is. Okay, that's the name of the game. Uh, and, and also, this is very important, too, which a lot of people don't get. If you have two minutes for it, you know, get the message across in the time allotted. And don't break any FCC regulations right. or any in-house right. regulations. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. So it's like, you know, you're keeping it within the margins um, of what you have to do in both time and content. Uh, but if you can just say it your own way, fine. And, and it, see, it's those little moments with me where – and I was very, very lucky. You know, um, one of the things I will say – and, again, I, I try to – if I don't have anything nice to say, I don't say it. So um, – but, but this is something that is positive about Vince. Um, pretty much from the time I got there, um, if a writer wrote me something – and, and there, there are some very good writers there, and there were some very good writers there. Mm. Um, but, like – I would look at it and I'm like, no, this is, I'm not feeling this one. I would go to him um, and, you know, not bother, but if, hey, boss, could I say it like this? And it didn't happen very often. Yeah. But, um, you know, he said, no, just hit your time and, and go ahead. Like he was very, very, very good with um, with me going on his show because it is his show regardless yeah. of what you think. Oh, yeah. And, um, and having a little bit of leeway to kind of convey the message. Uh, like I'd wanted to. And, and some of the promos, um, you know, when, when it is verbatim and it's not the words, you see it and it's, it just comes across as just not very good. Not working. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. And I think that's why a lot of the, um, you know, when I have, because recently since coming back to wrestling, and this isn't a knock on anybody, yeah. um, you know, and I'm not even going to mention a particular company, but there are very few people who are actually truly over. There are amazing talents. They do moves yeah. that I can't even pronounce. But when you really watch, like when their music hits, all right, you get the pop. Some mm-hmm. of them, and, and some of it's not really even a pop. Like I remember when I watched like Ronnie, or um, R-Truth. Yeah. He is over, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, gen- like fans genuinely are, okay, cool. This is our guy. We're happy to see him. We know him, right? And he knows how to stay over. Um, there's just a lot of people that... They, they put the emphasis on it. So they, they think like, I'm going to have the coolest tights and I'm going to do my moves and this and that. That ain't what works. No, like, you got to tell a story. You got to give them a reason. Yeah. Like they say, yeah. you got to give them a reason to care. Yes. That's what it yeah, comes like, down when, to. When, if a heel is getting heat, it's like, there's not that like earth shattering, like where they're pounding and you know, the, um, the whole arena is shaking and you know, you hear the stopping and everything. Uh, a baby face hits a finish and look, if it's a great, awesome finish, they'll pop for the move. But then when the one, two, three happens, no one cares. They're like, oh, yeah, all right. 
And, and that to me, that's the worst thing that like, that's not what this is about. In my opinion, you know, this is about connecting with a character, right? When, whether it's in a good way or a bad way. Um, and then once you have that emotional investment, I, I think that's why I'm sorry if I'm talking too much here, but like when you were going back to the Sandow thing, like what worked, right? What worked initially was I managed to, because WWF gave or WWE gave me the platform, um, I managed to connect with the audience. Mm-hmm. And then, see, one of the things they never did with me was repackage me, if you noticed, right? Like sometimes they'd have guys, they do a gimmick, they go off TV, right. and then they repackage them and bring them back. I never was off TV. Like the transition from intellectual savior to Mizdow to Randy Savage, really, that was like linear. Yeah. That, that, the whole It was thing still the was same like, character, just transitioned to situations, yeah. I think, more. Yeah. You know, like and how that person or that character would act in that situation. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Um, so it was like, to me, you have that initial connection. Once that connection's made, um, it's very, very tough. And when I say connection, once like the genuine connection's made to where when you, whether you're at the Staples Center in LA or in like Duluth, when like, to me, when they hear hallelujah, there's that. Oh, you know what I mean? Yeah. Before yeah. You, before you come out, right. um, and then you can just kind of play with that, and it, it literally like is a it's a relationship that's very very tough to um, to break if it's genuine, uh, because again, like you know when they say, "Oh, the office is trying this with me," where they um, they had me dress up as someone new every week when I was having a nervous breakdown on TV. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that was like part of my you know the the, the breakdown of Damian Sandow. When a lot of people would view that as a um, a negative, and, and a lot of people have that exact same gimmick, have viewed it as a negative in career suicide, I was like, okay, well, you know what? The good thing is, because a, a lot of the Sandow character I got from one of my college professors who was so um, so smart, he was crazy, as they would say, to yeah, yeah, nicely. Right. Um, so I'm like, okay, well, yeah, if I'm so intellectual that I think. You know, it's it's now gone from intellectual superiority to a, a delusion of grandeur to where like no, if I think it, it must be right because I'm superior to everybody. And but 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 on that subject though, when you, and let's let's talk about the and we did talk about this last time uh, about that Damien Mizdow uh, Mizdow uh, character, mm-hmm. and it was supposed to be kind of like a one-off, but again because I think you'd have had established that character, but uh, whatever, and they're like okay, I want to go along for the ride whatever it's going to do here, and it worked, and then you were able to, I mean, they, you know, they're not stupid. I mean, Vince knows if it works, why are we going away from it? Let's just ride it and see what happens. And that was, that was another example. Yeah. um, That, with that character, right? That, that you guys, it was just supposed, wasn't it supposed to be just, okay, we'll just do this one thing because it sounds like a great idea. Then. Yeah. What what made it keep going? No, it was definitely, it was supposed to be a one-off because I was bouncing around, dressing up as every, I was like, Abraham Lincoln. I was an astronaut. I was Lance Stevenson. I mean, I was. It, it got crazy. Davy Crockett. It, it got. It got weird there for a minute. But um, you know, also like they they put me with Miz, and, and Miz is somebody that um, you know, creatively, um, they've always had something for Miz, um, yeah. and, and which is a very smart idea. I think Miz is, again, one of the best heels that they have, and uh, again, great attitude, great guy, um, and, and it's smart to do that with Miz. Yeah. Um, and so they're like, okay, let's see. It was one week with Miz. All right, maybe he'll maybe a second week. And I was supposed to be like like the heater, you know what I mean? Uh, so I was I was the stunt double. And then we were together. I think it was a couple weeks. 
And um, I was on Raw, and I was bored. I literally was bored on Raw. And I forget who he was doing, but I'm like, what would a stunt? I'm going to just study. I'm going to like make believe like I'm a studying actor, like an understudy yeah, almost. Right. You're a and, method. Um, yeah, method actor. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> he went to go put a figure four on someone. <laughs> and I'm like, you know what? Eh, who cares? And I went and I just put the figure four on the ground. And like the, the camera just caught me doing it. And I'm like, oh, all right. And then it was uh, Tyson Kidd. Um, he was like, Santa, did you put the figure four on the invisible man? I went, yep. And he popped for it. So, which is, if you're not familiar with a pop is, a pop is, um, he was amused by it. He laughed at it. Yeah, um, yeah. So, and, and I, I know you are, Sean. I'm talking, you know, we're talking to the yeah, general yeah. audience here. But, um, so next week, I'm like, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to see if I can pop again. So when Miz took, I think it was a back elbow or clothesline, I just took a bump, <laughs> came up and sell it. And then I go to the back and, and Vince was sitting there and he had his glasses on the end of his nose and I, I get the come here. Now, I've, usually if, I, I've never been one of those people, like, after my match, I don't go to him and, oh, did you see it? No, I, like, go and he'll either give me a thumbs up or a nod or if he says nothing because he's busy and he's doing a live TV show, that's great. I've gotten the Khmer twice, and it was for positive things, which I was like, oh, okay. Um, this time, I was sure that, like, oh, my God, you just so, – um, Like, just, what the hell was that? that kind of yeah, like, yeah. yeah. You, you just disgraced my business. And he goes – Whatever you just did, keep doing. Uh, if I need to pull you back, I will. But pretty much, like, gave me a green light to do that. And I just I, – I remember looking at him. I went, you sure? He goes, yep. Did not talk to the man for about nine months. Yeah. Yeah. It worked. That's Literally. because it worked, right? <laughs> and that's the thing. Cause like, and guys with yeah. him, and, and I yeah. – you know, I didn't get to know him as well as um, people thought I knew him. It was very strange, right? Because everyone would go and they'd tell, you know, they, they were like afraid of him and they like try to kowtow and like every week, oh, hey, you see this, Vince? You see this, Vince? And with me, it wasn't like that. The man's a CEO. He's got a live TV show. He's got a million things. As a performer, my best communication with him is when I'm out in the ring, what is the live audience doing and what are the ratings? And, yeah. um, and I thought yeah, like, it comes down to I, I, I've always watched both. They, they've always been very positive. Uh, in, in my case, I've been very lucky, but like that to me, I'm like, look, I can't do anything more than that. You know, I, I don't fail drug tests. I don't embarrass the company. Every time I do media, um, the attendance has gone up in every town I've done that with. Cause I, I compare the numbers, yeah. um, just cause I was curious to see like where I felt and like my weaknesses and things like that. So that to me, like I try to let that speak for, uh, itself as opposed to me trying to go and. You know, because it's, it's annoying, man. You know, I, I, I would think that would really be annoying when everyone just kind of wants it. And, and the same thing with Hunter. I, I, I talked to Hunter a little bit more. Um, but, um, you know, it's just like do your job, do it to the best of your ability, and, um, and, and be as low maintenance of a talent as possible. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell 
tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Uh, you, you, know, you talk about uh, talent and, and the level of talent. There's a lot of very, very talented people that have been in the WWE and continue to be. Uh, one of those along the way was uh, Dusty Rhodes' son, Cody, who yeah. we've seen. Uh, it's, you know, things are working out. For him a little bit right absolutely, now, yeah, but absolutely. but back then, and you had the chance you teamed up with him. You, you were the Rhodes Scholars. Mm-hmm. Why did it not work for him there? Was it uh, him them not giving him that maybe that outlet, or maybe he was waiting more for them to give him more direction? Why do you think it? For at least from your opinion, you were around him because yeah. now we've seen him really come into his own. But back then, what was going on? Um, you know what? That's actually a really good question. I never thought about that. Um. I think Cody was very successful there. Um, you know, Cody was one of those people who managed to get people to care about him every night um, and had, from a very grassroots perspective, because he was there a, a long time, um, had gone out, done everything he could. Uh, and I think, though, we can agree the Cody now is a far bigger star than the Cody in WWE. Not that oh, he wasn't absolutely. a star there. No, but, but it just never – he never he could have stayed there for a long, long time, Like, but he just never – and. Because maybe it was what? just maybe. maturity coming into your own, realizing your own confidence. I don't know. But what I do you mean, think? Sean, you know what? Sometimes they just don't give you the shot. And, um, you know, I, I can speak on personal experience. Like there's that glass ceiling. Um, I absolutely, uh, you know, and I'm not saying, look, I haven't been there in a while, so I don't know what yeah. the place is like now. But based on everything I say about WWE is just based on my personal experience, right? Absolutely a glass ceiling. Um, and I think for Cody, he just, he needed what happened. He needed to go and, and really go full tilt, um, and, and do what he, um, he felt he needed to do. And it's worked out. And I think it's great. You know, like he, it was weird. When I left, I kind of like my interest in wrestling just went like, you almost went away. Uh, And it did go away, I think, for a while. Um, but you know, with Cody, it was the episode. He was like, Reenergized because he didn't know what it was like, and um, and I again I think it's wonderful. I think like what he's done um, and what everyone involved in AEW, you know, it, it's a new dimension of the wrestling business. It changes the game, and, uh, and I think that's awesome. And I think you know Dusty um, above all people. I, I don't think I know. Um, there's no one more proud of Cody than him. Yeah, and you have to admire him for what he did at the time because he could have ridden that, uh, remained yeah. under contract, probably made a lot of money, been kind of gotten these little pushes here and there along the way, but he basically walked away and started over and determined, I guess, really to make a a name for himself. And I don't think anybody has a an issue admitting that now that he really is. I mean, certainly there's a connection to his dad, but he is a superstar all on on his own uh, from what he's been able to do. And 
guys has started an entire new movement with AEW. So, uh, but others may not have w- would have taken that chance. So I, I really admire him for that. Yeah. Yeah. No. And then, See. and you know, I'm, I'm the same way. We're like a paycheck is nice, but at what cost? Yeah. You know, um, it's, it's great getting a WWE paycheck, but with me after the WrestleMania thing with Shaq, I knew I was done and I went to them and I said, please let me out of my contract. And why did you and, why did you know you were done? Because I was told to go out there not to show personality. Oh. Right. I go out there and it was WrestleMania. They hadn't seen me on TV in months. And I show up. They start, you know, 100,000 people started coming up. Shaq threw me out. They booed Shaq. And I <laughs> go to the back and it was like, again, like no one could look me in the eye. But how did it get to how did it get to that point though before? I mean, like you said, you saw it coming, and it probably for a long period of time. How did it get to that point where it did start to wane like that? I have no idea. Uh, Because you were over everywhere you went. Yeah, Yeah, you were over all the time. Yeah. Um, And they just asked me that, like, what happened? What, like, what, what is the deal? I don't even know, Sean. I mean, I, I'll be very honest with you. I have no known enemies that I'm aware of. I've always tried to treat people with respect and um, never, I really never had an issue with anybody in the WWE, both administratively and in the locker room. Um, And I've gone above and beyond the call of duty. Like it it just, I don't know. And um, you know, when, when the the WrestleMania thing happened, because there was an incident at the Royal Rumble where I was out there um, at the pre-show. That was the only WrestleMania and the pre-show to the Rumble were the only times I was on TV, I think that last year and um you know they were chanting my name the whole that it was like a six-way tag the dudley's and mark henry was in there or something but like the whole time they were just and then i got to the back ghosted um and then when wrestlemania happened i was like look i can stay here and probably get a paycheck and you know but i, I don't want that so i i went yeah. to um one of the people in the office said, hey, could you let me out of my contract, please? I am not happy here, and I don't think we're doing ourselves any favors. And for about, I think it was like three or four weeks, like, you get the runaround. And, you know, I mean, it's just, yeah. it's it's funny. Like, I, I often wonder if that was just, you know, the way the corporations are structured, right? Yeah. Um, but then, to me, it's like, you know, just look me in the eye and tell me. You know what I mean? Just be honest with me. Um but again, uh, that, and that's nothing against people who blew me off or uh, couldn't give me a straight answer. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, they they released me, so that's fine. Um, and, and that was cool. And, and, and maybe I was going to be released anyway. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was like I, I specifically like was bothering them to like, hey, just I'm not happy here. Like, this isn't good. And I, I was making I was just in a very bad place in my life because of my work situation. And, and that was like one of the lessons I had learned. Uh, and I, I, I come out of the whole thing was I will never equate myself to what I do for a living again, because, right. you know, I, I eventually, and it took a while, but I came out of this with a, with a greater sense of who I am, much more grounded, a new perspective on the world. And, uh, and again, never letting a job dictate who I am or how I feel about myself. So that was, that was the positive, you know, when we're talking about turning all negatives into positives, even with the the world situation, that was a positive that came out of that. And I can honestly say in the long run, it's been a a great, great thing. Yeah. And and, uh, you said when you left, you, it had almost, you know, killed your interest in wrestling. And, you know, when you're not feeling you're being productive and creative, yeah, yeah, that can take a toll. 
so when you walked away from that, where did you channel it? Because uh, you needed to get away from it. Was it the acting? Is that what really yeah. started that when you started to pursue that? Yeah, it was um, kind of like said, okay, I'm going to go do the acting thing now and, and tried that and then had to kind of like, like floundered around for a few months and like, you know, just different. Hollywood's a, it was a new water to me. It was like with me, yeah. I'm yeah. like, okay, I'm going to jump both feet without a safety net. You know what I mean? Or, or, yeah. or I guess jump both feet without a safety net. Um, jump into the pool in the deep yeah. end without a life preserver and yeah. just see. Um, so there was, there was a bit of like, just kind of figuring things out. And look, I'm still figuring things out, but I, I was very, very fortunate to have some very good people come into my life um, and really, really help me. And, uh, and again, I, I've had to learn things, how to be patient and um, how to, um, to kind of, you know, just, just adjust to that because with wrestling, you have to be somewhere all the time. Yeah. And then with acting, it's like your phone rings and, hey, you're going to be in New Mexico for three weeks. You're going to be in Hawaii for a month. You're going to do this. You're going to do that. But then it could be a month or two without the phone ringing. Yeah. Um, so it's a little more sporadic. But, um, again, I've been very, very lucky in, in terms of the people that are kind of like helping me out in my career now where they know, like, this is this is the plan. This is what we're going to do. And um, it's just a, it's, it's been a very, very positive thing. And, yeah. and, uh, and again, it's always like every time I've kind of not known – what's next something comes in and that's like the you know we said the eclectic nature of my life um that's kind of uh that's what lends itself to uh to having that kind of a life is just being open to anything and and at the same time like things just kind of happening and working out and you know it's not always the way i wanted believe me but um in, in a lot of cases like things really do kind of work out for the best so yeah yeah it's been a hell of a ride too. Yeah. Uh, but and what what brought you back though? What got you back into wrestling? Was it the the opportunity with the with the NWA and, and we'll uh, kind of transition into that conversation and what Billy Corgan has done? But what was it that that got you back? That you know, I said, you um, know, did you miss it and want to, or did the opportunity knock again? Well, you know, I, I'd always, um, you know, when when I was at Impact, um, Billy and I had, um, you know, we we developed a friendship and. Uh, We'd always kind of stay in contact, um, even when I was out here and just away from the business completely. And then when the NWA was starting up, um, you know, I, I was reached out to and I, I said, you know what? Yeah. Cause I had gone, um, it was that, it was July, uh, up to Battle Arts Academy in Toronto with Santino, who's right. a very good buddy of mine. Yeah. Yeah. And I just spent like a month up there and like I said, yeah, I wonder if I can still wrestle and I, I see if I can fall down and get back up. Um, <laughs> And like did a quick thing there and I was like, wow, this is like, I, I was kind of amazed that like, I thought I would, you know, they say ring rust and everything. Yeah. Right. And um, now granted, I didn't go do pay-per-view matches my first day back, but I was like, oh, okay. You don't forget this stuff. You know what right. I mean? Like I, after doing it for so long, your body kind of adjusts. Um, and uh, it was about a month after that, um, you know, NWA reached out and everything. I said, you know what? Yeah. Okay. Let's, uh, let's see. Cause in, Again, it was Billy too, and, and Billy has always been um, nothing but, uh, you know, a man of his word, and just uh, creatively has been the best person I've ever worked with creatively, and I, mm-hmm. I can honestly say that in terms of uh, giving direction, um, giving freedom, but then adding ideas, um, and just like it, it's just awesome um, to to be able to work with him, and. Um, He's like, yeah, this is going to be old school and this and that. And I'm like, okay. And I, I was still like, okay, wrestling show, whatever. But when I, I remember when I walked into that 
the first time, like the day, because I got there early, like the day before the tapings. And I remember going in, and when I saw the studio, yeah, I just was up. like, okay, like, okay, I get it. Here we go. Like, this is, it's so funny because everyone thinks, you know, back in the day, wrestling was this and that. It was better. And, well, I think NWA, they are the first company to actually say, okay, you think, like, this era was better and all. Here we go. We're going to go there. We're going to give you. This is studio wrestling. We got the desk. We got, I mean, this is the format of the show. Now, granted, it's a fresh coat of paint. It's updated. Um, It would be like what studio wrestling was if it never went away. Yeah. Um, but it's still at that old school template. And I mean, it's working like you, you cannot deny the success of NWA. And, uh, you know, in, in retrospect, I think the best decision I made, uh, 2019 was to, um, to be a part of NWA. And you know what? Uh, I'm actually honored that, um, you know, Billy and Dave and, and all the, uh, the people there reached out to me. So that was, um, I, I feel very fortunate to, um, to be able to work with all them. You know, and, and also that, that collection of people, and I've um, had conversation with Dave Lagana and how when they were putting it together, and I said when you were doing this, you had to be, you had to get it right, right off from the beginning. You had to have a, a great collection. And I, I was just so uh, fascinated by how they put this roster together and how it fit so well together. You had very yeah. unique guys. They had to be able to be great in front of a camera. That's a very intimate setting yes you got to be good at it and you got to be able to to still you know perform well in the ring and it you know every one of them every one of these guys they brought in from nick you know and and you and and uh tim storm and james and you know Mm -hmm. and and the women uh you know thunder rosa and you know every everybody and I, i don't know if they got lucky or they just you know could tell that yeah this this person is right for this and I, I want what's your impression of that you know what they were able to do with that roster right away? No, that was like after the first set of tapings, I was amazed because I was like, wow, like that in particular like this locker room and um you know a bunch of us had known each other like right from WWE and like yeah. some other people knew each other from Independence and just kind of like Impact and like you just cross paths but like it was really strange because. You know, when you, I think, you look at guys like Trevor Murdoch, me, um, who else, uh, Ken Kennedy. Right. Um, it's like, we're, we're like, okay. Trevor. Yeah, All right. Like, right, yeah. You, you associate us with the WWE, right? Yeah. You have guys like James Storm, um, like Eli Drake, um, who you associate with Impact, mm-hmm. right? So, like, you like, we're, we're just – associated with different brands, right? Um, and then what you have, you, you've also got some homegrown guys um, like Tim Storm. Right. Who, my God, the guy had the best run of his career with the 10 pounds of gold late in his career, but I still know. manages to. I, I think Tim Storm, honestly, is one of the best characters in the wrestling business today, only because that character is such a part of who he is. And I, I, I said this to him, I go, Tim, I don't think you could ever work heel because there is honestly, and this is maybe the Hollywood coming out of me. I don't want to overanalyze, but like there's something just so sincere and so genuine about him um, to where like, you just want to like him. Yeah. And, and I, I mean, my feeling was like, where has this guy been? Why didn't it ever really happen for him? Because yeah. he is he, like this genuine, maybe where along the way he was never really given that opportunity to, to let that out, I don't know. Yeah, but you're right. And you know, amazing. It's and, and great in the ring. 
Yeah. Yeah. Like, phenomenal Don't get ring. This so, done. You know, you had everyone, and again, like, you know, you you're, you had these homegrown people, people you associated with other brands, but like, I, I often say, like, yeah, we're kind of like the pirate ship, mm-hmm. kind of like the wild children. Um, you know what I mean? Like, we, we didn't quite fit in anywhere else yeah, 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 yeah. for one reason or another. And then, like, the NWA, it's like this just amalgamation of a little bit of everyone, but then we're put in a blender. Yeah. And we're now all something completely new. Yeah. And um, and it's weird because, like, people are associating me now more with NWA. And I, I think Trevor was getting a little bit more of that, too, um, you know, to where, like, no, like, we are now – because you didn't see Trevor a lot either uh, after he left no. NWA, right? He, no, no, God, he's disappeared. Yeah, and, and I mean – Some like, mainstream, yeah. Yeah, like, like the work that, you know, again, James Storm, uh, Eli Drake um, – you know, everyone, Nick, um, Ricky Starks, um, that, that kid, my opinion. Yeah. Um, yeah he's got a big you know, career ahead like, of him. You have so many people that like are being highlighted in a way like never before. And I think like the NWA, like that's, that's the place where you get the opportunity. And, and, you know, I, I don't, th- this is something that like, I, I don't want to be misquoted on, but, Remember ECW back in the nineties when they were like counterculture, they were the rebels and like yeah, now granted, the bad boys, doing, yeah. yeah. Yeah, doing chair shots and crazy stuff, right? Like that. Um the NWA is 2020's equivalent of ECW because we are the counterculture. Because the counterculture now is wrestling. And, and I don't mean that in a derogatory sense. I mean again, promos, in ring action, know the characters, tell a story. Drive it home. And if you um, care. Yeah. yeah and, and that's, again, in NWA, like to, to get over and be over in NWA, you have to know what you're doing. And, and you that's have to have all of that. So great. Yeah. Yeah. Because, yeah. like, with, with Dave Lagana's knowledge and Billy's knowledge, uh, and then, um, you know, there's been other people in the office, um, they, they all kind of put their heads together. And, you know what I mean? If you've been around for a while, like, you know who will fit. Yeah. And then at the same time, giving opportunities to guys that um, that are just young, up and coming, um, or that haven't had opportunities before. Um, it, it's just like an even playing field, and it really is like it, it is a sense of team. I, I will say that um, my experience in NWA has been nothing but like sense of team. Everyone's working hard, and I, I haven't ran into any egos there, um, which is it, it's it's such a refreshing thing. Because, um, yeah. you know, with me, especially in like, you know, this to to work with me, um, you kind of have to trust me because I. Yeah, because yeah, you don't. Yeah, me. you got to stay yeah. just I don't know where this is going, but it, it, it you'll, we'll be fine. We're going to. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Like, that's yeah. the thing yeah. to where like, look, yeah. if, if I if I'm out there and whether it's on a promo or, or in a match yeah. and like my gut. And I, I just get that feeling that like this is what you do. Yeah. Um. I've been very lucky. People have trusted me, and I've trusted them too as well. But um, you know, where I, I tend to be a little bit more um. In the moment, shall we say, is a lot of people. Yeah. Um. But then, it, it, it's been so good and so awesome. And then to get to work with guys who are so passionate, um, it, it's been so refreshing to me because it's everything I missed about the business, and um. You know, again, like I, I thank everyone that's been trusting of me, and you know, I've been just as trusting of them. And um, 
you know, that's kind of that, that that's that's a beautiful thing, and that's the way the business should be. So, yeah, and I hope that and one it's a great environment for people like Ricky Starks and these younger guys that are coming up who have a tremendous amount of talent, and it's so great for me to see uh, people that like you and Eli and and Nick who can cut these promos and and Tim Storm and mm-hmm. and I and they, sh- they you know learn take this yeah. in see what yeah. they do see how they work see how they. They go out there and then they develop this trust about what they do. They're not, they may go up there out there with five bullet points. They may get to three and it's off to the races with something else. Yeah. And you, and, and you, I really, I think, uh, you know, people like Ricky and the, and the other people there, uh, if they take this in, they're going to have really successful careers and they could end up helping to change the business in a sense. I don't say back, but to a point where, okay. You know, you're making me care again. You're making me, it's not the high spots. It's not like you have to come off a balcony for me. To pop for you, as you said, yeah. you know that, that that's yeah. what this is all about. You talk guys that you know that last that last generation before you. That's yeah. Yeah. where you learned. That's where you saw yeah. these guys, mm-hmm. and uh, we've lost that in a sense on the big stage like that mm-hmm. where that is. And it's great to see the NWA. The timing, unfortunately, where, where we are right now is that you know NWA was on this track, and now here yeah. we are. Everything's frozen. Uh, yeah. How well, big of an impact? Support. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's across the board, and I, I think too yeah. when um, when the time comes, hopefully soon, um, yeah. people are going to be starving for entertainment and to get out there and to do things, and, and um, yeah. that's that'll be a good thing. Yeah. Well, uh, I'm glad we got a chance to catch up, and uh, you're weathering this all through. Uh, we will come through it, and uh, there's going to be a lot more ahead, guys. There's a lot more content coming from the. Uh, the new NWA and people like Aaron. Aaron, how can they how can they stay in touch with you? And also, uh, how are you how are you mixing the because more acting opportunities are coming your way? Can you see yourself being able to balance this and, yes. and uh, have both worlds? Yes, absolutely, absolutely. And you know what? It's so funny you use the term balance because I like when I shun the wrestling business and shun that part in me. I um. That was something that was missing for me, and it's weird. Like since I've kind of embraced this part of who I, I was, it was such a large part of my life, and what I did yeah. genuinely love. And um, balance is, is the key, and, I, and NWA is the perfect place for me to do it. Um, extremely happy there, and um, you know it, it allows me to go and act and things like this, and, and just you know what? Again, you, you got you got to take every day as it comes, and that yeah. that's the thing. You know, you can have your your trajectory of where you'd like to go. And what you like, this is just like in terms of life, what I've learned, like where you'd like to be in a year, five years, 10 years. But if you don't take advantage of the opportunities that come to you because they're, you know, you're so focused, excuse me, on five years from now. Yeah. Then you're going to miss out. Yep. And you know what? And, and, And at the same time, appreciate where you're at. And that's the thing. Like once you start appreciating where you're at, what you have. Um, and this is something we can all do, like while we're in lockdown, like the little things, you know, like we appreciate, like running water. Power. Yeah. I mean, like, and I know it's, it's oh, but we take it all for granted. Our country is like, the greatest country in the world, and you, we yes. do. We just we assume, yeah. I turn that little faucet thing on, and fresh yeah. water comes out of it. You know, yeah. I, I flip that switch, and my room's lit up. But yes. there are there are places that don't have that. You know, exactly. <laughs> yeah, appreciate yeah. it. Um, so yeah, just like that. I mean, I I think again, that balance, you know, you, you have your goals, but appreciate where you're at now and just kind of 
you know, balance them out and that'll get you there probably the fastest way. So yeah. And uh, realize and what makes you happy. Yeah. yeah exactly. Realize what makes you happy and you have, you got, you need both right. these worlds. So that's great. Yeah. Thank you. Um, so yeah, if you want to get a hold of me on Twitter, it is Aaron's thoughts. That's A R O N S thoughts. And on Instagram it is the Aaron files, T H E A R O N files. Yeah. You got merch out there where they can, uh, folks want yeah, to, yeah, why I'm, not? I'm the worst what? what? <laughs> independent wrestler ever. Like, or I, I don't know if we're independent because we're NWA, but Sean, even like when I did signings, I don't know. Merchandise stuff, no. I want to just show up, have my pictures, I'll sign them, I'll take pictures. Like, I don't. NWA does have a t shirt though, so I, I do have very limited merchandise, but you can go to NWA and uh, if you need to get a t shirt, go and, and get the t shirt there. So the NWA was kind enough to. to we make need a more. We need more, especially <laughs> as the, uh, the, the sensei, uh, you know, Mongrovian, yeah. uh, We'll movement continues to grow but uh yeah uh, go to national wrestling alliance and you can uh, nationalwrestlingalliance.com i should say and get all the information on what's going on what's the latest but you will see aaron stevens back in action uh aaron it's been awesome talking to you thanks for coming on primetime again hey thank you sean my pleasure well i uh, certainly hope that you enjoyed that episode with aaron stevens and what an interesting guy right isn't he just uh, just amazing and, and really fun and a uh, great sense of humor i hope you enjoyed the uh, the potbelly pig story uh which was was so funny i'm not kidding i mean i tell the story of course in the conversation but just getting that uh that tweet from him, uh, the DM, where he said, uh, yeah, can we push it back a half an hour? I'm, uh, I had a little problem with the pigs, and uh, I got to fix the fence. <laughs> and I had no idea what the heck he was talking about. I'm like, uh, pigs? Fence? I got a farm? What, what the heck? And, uh, of course, he explains it all, but uh, I, I couldn't wait. I even I, I, uh, messaged him back and said, uh, I have a feeling this is going to be a really good story, so no worries. And it was, it was, but uh, he just lives a crazy life. He's out there in Los Angeles acting uh, and uh, living with potbelly pigs. I don't know, but what a great uh, career, though. I loved hearing the stories about the WWE as you get to uh, hear more about what it's like to be in that world. And, you know, it's it's very difficult, no matter how talented you are, uh, how things change on a dime. And suddenly you think everything's going well, and then it's not. And you're just not in the mix anymore for whatever reason. And uh, that's, that's, that's the way it is. But um, like many, many, many others before him and beyond, I'm sure there are people out there that, yeah, things uh, get handed to them. They get knocked down, but they get back up. And Aaron Stevens is certainly somebody who who's done that and continues to do that and I look forward to see what uh, what happens with him not only in the ring not only in the world of professional wrestling but uh acting because uh if you've seen some of the segments on uh NWA Power uh he's great and he's he's really good improv you know when he goes out there cuz as we talked about in the conversation that you know, he just picks up on things and then he goes with it and he has just has a real good feel for the audience to see if it's going somewhere. And uh, I think that, you know, that's what it takes to be a good actor too. So uh, we're going to keep an eye on what he's up to. And, uh, you know, when he's got his own show, we'll be able to have him come back on primetime with Sean Mooney. Love to see it. Uh, once again, before we wrap up here, please, folks, um, take care of yourselves. Uh, reach out to those that uh, you love and, and uh, maybe haven't talked to for a while. 
Uh, this is a good chance to do that. Uh, don't go crazy shopping. You don't need uh, you know 60 rolls of toilet paper. You don't need to take all the sanitizer that other people might need. You don't need to take all the masks if they have them. Uh, you know, we're going to get through this. Hopefully, it's not going to be it'll be weeks, not months. And uh, I hope we all learn from it and take the positive stuff from this about, uh, you know, I don't know, I mean, do we really need to shake hands? You know, no, I don't think we do. Uh, you know, there's other ways to show, uh, a, to make a, a greeting. You know, maybe we'll get into the, you know, something different. I don't know, maybe a head nod or <laughs> I don't know. But uh, I just think it's going to have an impact on what we do. Uh, email me, okay? I'd love to hear from you at primetimemooney at gmail.com, primetimemooney at gmail.com. Continue to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at primetimemooney. Uh, check out our Patreon account. That's easy. Just go to patreon.com slash primetimemooney, and that way you can get all of our content early and ad-free for just $4.99 a month, okay? Um, other than that, that's just about what's happening, and of course we'll have more stuff coming up. Uh, we'll have another original episode next week. It all drops at 6 a.m. Monday, Wednesday, and Saturday. 6 a.m. Eastern Time. All right, so in the meantime, take care. Be safe. Be healthy. I'm Sean Mooney, and I am out.